I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, President Joe Biden today signed what can only be described as the kitchen sink executive order. And as promised, we're going to break that down into different pieces. Uh, a lot of them are cracking down uh, components to this. There's 72 different pieces of this executive order. That's why it is the kitchen sink or the mother of all executive orders. Uh, cracking down on monopolies, anti-competitive practices in a variety of industries. Uh, and but while these are, are real problems, uh as you all know, executive orders never provide lasting solutions because what can be done by executive order can be undone by executive order. And the sad thing is that often this creates uncertainty in markets and it creates uncertainty for consumers, creates uncertainty for citizens. And the other critical component to all of this is when things are done by executive order, they usually end up in the courts because whoever is harmed or inconvenienced by such executive orders will inevitably file a lawsuit saying the executive branch does not have power or authority over this particular area. And so when we wonder why there is such political heat and debate over appointments to not just the Supreme Court, but to all uh, court appointments, the reason they're so politicized is because of Congress not doing its job or abdicating its power and authority to the executive branch. The executive branch does things like President Biden did today, and presidents from both political parties have done this over and over and over and over and over and over again over the last several decades. And then once they act by executive order, somebody files a lawsuit, and it starts working its way through the court, ultimately to the Supreme Court, and the vicious cycle rolls on. And so that's what the president has done today, 72 different elements to this um, particular executive order. And it is just a wide ranging thing. So let's go through it just a little bit. Uh, the president tried to frame it all as this was about uh, making sure that real competition exists, that we have a level playing field. And that's, guess what? That's a principle I firmly believe in. And I firmly believe that government has a role in leveling the playing field, clearing the path of laudable pursuits for all, uh, lifting uh, 
you know, artificial weights from all shoulders. You can go back to Lincoln and talk about all of those things. That is the role of government. Uh, I'm not sure this particular executive order actually does that in the end, but that's clearly the way the White House and the president are selling it as they signed, again, this executive order, 72 separate actions all rolled into one executive order. The executive order I'm soon going to be signing commits the federal government to full and aggressive enforcement of antitrust laws. No more tolerance for abusive actions by monopolies. No more bad mergers that lead to mass layoffs, higher prices, fewer options for workers and consumers alike. My executive order includes 72 specific actions. I expect the federal agencies, and they know this, (laughs) to help restore competition so that we have lower prices, higher wages, more money, more options, and more convenience for the American people. The president continued talking about the benefits of competition, which I think we all agree on. By the same token, competitive economy means companies must do all they do to do everything they do to compete for workers, offering higher wages, more flexible hours, better benefits. But what we've seen over the past few decades is less competition and more concentration that holds our economy back. We see it in big agriculture, in big tech, in big pharma. The list goes on. Rather than competing for consumers, they are consuming their competitors. Rather than competing for workers, they're finding ways to gain the upper hand on labor. And too often, the government has actually made it harder for new companies to break in and compete. So this idea of competition, again, uh, that's a good thing. It's good for workers. It's good for consumers. It's good to keep prices down. It's good to keep uh, jobs and benefits and wages higher. Uh, but, of course, the thing we find is that this concentration of power, he talked about uh, a number of, of large uh, sectors, and what he's really talking about in many of those instances are actually government-sanctioned monopolies. Uh, and so it, it's been government consolidating that power. It's been government driving smaller organizations out of markets, uh, and it never ends well. Now, the, the president went on to say, hey, you know, one of the other components to this is is about the workers themselves to make sure they are empowered so that they can have that upward mobility and get better jobs. My executive order calls on the FTC to ban or limit non-compete agreements. Let workers choose who they want to work for. I'm also calling on the FTC to do away with certain occupational licensing requirements. You realize if you want to your braid hair, and you move from one state to another, sometimes you have to do a six-month apprenticeship, even though you've been in the business for a long, long time. Tell, what's, that, what's that all about? <laughs> it's about federal regulation is what that's about. Uh, sometimes it's state regulation that's doing that. Uh, and, and so when the president's talking about licensing, uh, I'll, I'll give the president a big amen on let's, let's get rid of a lot of that. Uh, Congress should do that. Uh, states have done that. The uh, state of Utah has, has been working on lightening the regulatory regime as it relates to licensing. Uh, still a long way to go. Uh, we've also had the uh, the Utah delegation, both in the House and the Senate, have put forward bills that would actually make it easier for military families who regularly go across state lines uh, as they transfer and move about the country. 
where they have to deal with some of this occupational licensing. Uh, and so they're they're taking that on. So so that's one that I think everybody agrees on. So why we're doing that by executive order, I don't quite understand. Uh, I'm all for it. I mean, let's let's get that down to the smallest possible touch uh, in terms of government regulation on that kind of licensing. Uh, but again, doing it by a, in, as part of a big sweeping executive order uh, just has me scratching my head just a little bit here on a Friday. Uh, let's go on and, and look at some of the other things that are included in this, uh, including some things around the FDA. Uh, the president has ordered uh, that they make some changes when it comes to drugs, glasses, and hearing aids. The FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, are going to work with states and tribes to safely import prescription drugs from Canada. That's just one of many actions in the executive order that will lower prescription drug prices. The FDA is going to issue rules so that hearing aids can be sold over the counter. That's something the last administration was supposed to have done but didn't do. After these rules go into effect, a pair of hearing aids can cost hundreds of dollars, not thousands. And you'll be able to pick them up at your local drugstore. Take prescription drugs. Just a handful of companies control the market for many vital medicines, giving them leverage over everyone else to charge whatever they want. As a result... Americans pay two and a half times more for prescription drugs than in any other leading country. And nearly one in four Americans struggles to afford their medication. All right. So clearly some things there. Uh, we're going to take a whole other day uh, to, to break down drug prices uh, and the challenges, the problems. Some of those are from big businesses and big pharma, and some of those are because of big government. And too often we just make it either one or the other. And, of course, the consumer, the patients, uh, get caught in the middle of all of that. But we'll save that conversation for another day. That's a that's a deep, that's a big bite and a long chew uh, on that one. So we'll save that one for another day. But let's round out uh, the president's remarks today. Again, signing a sweeping 72-item executive order today. And he took on American capitalism in kind of one more head-scratching way today. I know America can't succeed unless American business succeeds. But let me be very clear. Capitalism without competition isn't capitalism. It's exploitation. Without healthy competition, big players can change and charge whatever they want and treat you however they want. So, yeah, that's another one. We're going to have to save that one for another day as well. It's too big for a Friday. <laughs> too big for a Friday. Uh, but but I think a lot of the things that the president is justifying, uh, the, the messaging on this doesn't quite match uh, the 72 actions and recommendations uh, involved. Uh, it actually impacts dozens of federal agencies. And the idea that somehow capitalism uh, is the problem here uh, is part of the problem here. And it's part of the reason why we're approaching 30 trillion in debt it's why we continue to have deficit spending it's why we continue to have a big government uh we didn't even get into the waste fraud and abuse portion of the program as it relates to to many of these things that again impact real consumers and real voters and real citizens and real patients in real ways uh and so we we've we can't just have these sweepy things congress needs to do its job uh needs to do it in front of the american people uh, so they can be held accountable. The president has a role to play. Uh, the agencies have a role to play for sure. 
but it's getting the balance of that right so that we can have a free market economy uh, that allows people to have good opportunity, upward mobility, and all of us have some certainty uh, in terms of what comes next. All right, we're going to step aside for just a moment, but you want to stay with us because when we come back, we're going to talk about the principle of an unanswered prayer, but you may want to offer up a prayer if you want to get some Garth Brooks tickets. Uh, Stay with us. We'll give you your opportunity to win coming up next. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.